Welcome to I Will Watch Anything Once. I'm your host, Mark David Christensen. Everywhere has signature food. Think of your hometown. You can think of the signature food. Thinking about my hometown, Sandy, Utah, the first thing that comes to mind is fry sauce. It is what it sounds like. It's a sauce for you to dip your fries in. If you make it at home, it's a combination of ketchup and mayonnaise. That's like the cheap way to whip it up. Ketchup and mayonnaise. Sounds disgusting, but I'm a big fan of it. Some uh, better recipes, they have pickle juice, like a relish. It's like a relish is in the, the sauce as well. Those are my favorite versions of fry sauce. Also, Utah is known for funeral potatoes. What are those? They're pretty much potatoes that you serve at a Mormon funeral. What stands out about it is it's served like a casserole and it's topped off with cornflakes. Weird, right? Doesn't even sound delicious. Probably like, I don't want that. But in the end, they're good. Sorry. They're really good potatoes and you get them at every funeral. Other things that I love that I miss back in Utah is scones. Not like the traditional scones that you think of from England. Um, Utah scones uh, for me were just dough, throw it into grease, fry it up, and then put some honey butter on it or jelly or cinnamon. I love those things. I loved them so much that my mother, when I moved to Los Angeles, bought me a little grease pot or uh, I think it's called a grease pot. It has grease in it. Turn it on. It heats up. And then I can throw some dough in it and have some scones here. I love it. Every place has a signature food that you can sort of count on or reflect on. The problem is is that when people start to truly, really miss their food, they want it so badly, they try to recreate it outside of where it's localized. kind of diminishes what's so special. I like the idea that I have to go travel to taste a certain flavor or a certain food. I don't like our need to transport because I think it loses a lot. You're not using the same water. You're not using the same local ingredients. It's going to change. It's not going to be the same. It's going to be a, probably an okay imitation. Anyways, I'm not the best person to talk about food, but my guest on this episode is, and it's my friend, Danny Cohen. Great, I'm here with Danny Cohen, uh, or as the world probably knows you, what is the world most known to you as, Deco One? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Deco. Great. So we just watched a a hot dog program. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which I didn't realize was like a PBS production. Yeah, it's a PBS uh, hour-long documentary by this guy, uh, Rick Sebak, or Rick Seback, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, and he's made like an ice cream one, and he's made a sandwiches one, but this is the one that I love. There's, an, there's one, I think, called an ice cream story. Oh, great. And then one called a sandwich program. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. He's just obsessed just, it's with about, food. Yeah, it's just about like regional differences of these American foods. That's great. Why did you think I needed to see this? Oh, boy. Why did I think? I really enjoy it, and I think it's such a fun movie. I mean, I'm, it's like a short documentary, really. I yeah. I even go as far as to call it like a movie. Um, but it is. It's just It's fun. It's entertaining. It makes you hungry. It makes you want a hot dog. I don't know if you want... Do you, I mean, we just watched it, 60 minutes of people eating hot dogs. Do you want a hot dog? Um, I want a hot dog, and one, I did the worst thing I possibly could, is that I didn't eat breakfast this morning. Oh, so you're really hungry I'm right now. St- watching this movie, I was like, I'm starving, and these look all great. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. Whenever I watch it, I have to go get a hot dog afterwards, and usually for like... A few weeks afterwards, I really want a hot dog. It's amazing how much, like, oh my god, I just, I forgot how much I like hot dogs. Yeah. And because I just don't have them a lot. 
Yeah, you don't have a lot, especially in Los Angeles. Uh, there are lots of, not lots, but there's like a nice handful of good hot dog places here that you can go to, but they're not, it's not like the hamburger places. It's not like, yeah. you know, it's not like there's a hot dog place on every corner. No, other than those, like here in LA, the, um, the sauce, the ladies that have the, the yeah, there's yeah, sauce. late night there are the Dodger, not the Dodger, but like the bacon wrapped hot dogs, right? And those are late night, but those, I mean, I I don't want those. I want like a classic slaw dog or yeah, yeah, yes, Chicago yes. style dog, something like that. Um, so it's just it's not. Uh, I don't think it's in the culture out here, which is weird. Have. All we have really is like uh, the one that was uh, actually featured in the right, in, the, in Hot Dog Rose Pinks. Which is not that good. No, I I was very disappointed with yep. Pinks. Mm-hmm. Like I, I got in line, I waited, and I got maybe I think maybe a chili dog or something really simple, and yeah. I was just like, eh. It's like the toppings are great, but the dog I'm actually eating was right. very bland. Right, and then that's the thing is like the hot dog when it comes down to it is this very it's very simple. To be great, and it's also very simple not to be great. And I think that's also why hot dogs get a bad rep, is because there are lots of bad hot dogs. There are these like you know pork hot dogs that are limp and aren't cooked well, <laughs> and they're in like a cart full of dirty water. Or there are these really nice all beef natural casing dogs from Vienna Beef in Chicago that you put on a nice steamed bun. And top with whatever, and it's like, oh, it's this nice, wonderful thing. Even you go to New York, you get those like skinless hot dogs that are really more simple. Uh, it's just not. It's just. It's a great food. Yeah, it really is. Um, but like about the documentary, yeah, the documentary is great. It really is highly enjoyable. It reminds me, like the first off, it reminds me. Two things come to mind when, uh, when thinking of it, uh, or just my first impressions was. It felt like the documentaries I was like I'd see people make in college, yeah, <laughs> like for their college documentary classes. It felt like that, um, and also it felt like oh, this is before Food Network. It, yeah, it's like every Food Network show now does this. It's from 1999, which is you know the people in there are still they're dressed like they're in the 90s. Yeah, there aren't cell phones, there aren't smartphones. There's not really, you know, there's the internet, but it's not huge. Yeah, they're just running into randos. Yeah, and they're, it's just this beautiful, and so people are much more uh, open and free about expressing themselves. Yeah. there's not this idea of, like, anyone can be a celebrity on Vine or on Instagram or something yeah. like that on the internet. So there's this difference of just, like, the era, and it definitely feels like the late 90s in America, which is... You know, look at the clothes and everything. It's it's awesome. What we're in 2014 now, and it's changed so much. Yeah, so it's like 15 years ago. It was such a different time. Yeah, I mean, it's pre Iraq War. It's pre a lot of modern wow. era. Yeah, and yeah, it's just it's, it, so it's really fun how everybody is so open that they meet. Yeah, and it's so fun to see like the customers are raving about their local hot dog places. Yeah. They love them. And then the managers or the owners all have their shtick that they know they're supposed to say about their place. Yeah. They're like, this is how we do our hot dogs here. <laughs> oh, over there, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing here. It's like, oh, it, which I, is great that it's like, it's great that they're all these local places. But yeah, the it it is. It, it 
seems like this is a relic from another era. Which is nice to have, though. Yeah, oh, totally. Because I feel like we know, like, all the eras we know for, like, really are defined very well from, like, 20s up to even 80s. But it feels like 90s and on starts to now become... I don't know if it's because I'm part of more... Mm -hmm. part of it, but it feels almost like it's kind of a blend. It's almost getting Mm -hmm. more of a blend of everything. Yeah, well, there's a lot more retro stuff going on. Yeah. And I think, you know, from the the 90s on, even today, there's a lot of, you know, people pulling different things from the past, and I still think in the 90s, we kept on moving forward in terms of fashion, in terms of, even in food, this is an era before... Like food blogs and foodies and yeah. all these things, and before even like in the '90s, it was basically food was high class. Like high class food was fancy. It wasn't like it is today, where it's like we're going to give you this like pork belly that is authentic. So there's yeah. a difference that now we're getting back to, and these are the places that reflect that authenticity that people are trying to get back to. And so, uh, yeah, I agree. It's it, that the '90s. We're still kind of moving ahead, and then all of a sudden, we start picking and choosing from these past eras of things to continue the evolution of American culture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like It's like we're trying to, instead of create a new identity, we're just trying to pull from other ones in the yeah. hopes that making something new. Yeah. It's, it's uh, really interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know. And I think that's a great point you made about, like, because like, growing up, it felt like going out was something that was very, like, uh, special. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you was very rare. And a lot of it was just, we did it at home. And then now it feels like, and it, of course it's my age and living in L.A. on my own. But it's like, eh, eating out is just, like, that's what I have to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I think, yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel like it is an event mm-hmm. anymore. It seems like it is a cultural outing. Almost yeah. like, oh, I'm going to go to this concert. I'm going to go to this museum. I'm going to go see this movie. I'm going to go to this restaurant. And it doesn't feel like a status thing. It feels like a cultural thing. Yeah. And we brought a, like, a lot of the finer foods have now come to food trucks or lower. Yeah. Very accessible. This, this movie is 1999 before the food truck. And there's a food from, truck in yeah, it, though. The very first one is they, they call super it... Super Duper Weenie. Yeah, Super Duper Weenie, <laughs> which is like... Weenie, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, that place is great. I wish that place existed in... I mean, all basically, I watch this movie and I get very upset because it's like, oh, there is no... Um, there are no, like, food... Trucks like that, they're like this, you know, very simple hot dog place. Yeah. Again, there aren't that many great hot dog places in Los Angeles proper. There are some great places out in like Pasadena. There are a couple great places, Slaw Dogs and Dog House. Like those are some really good hot dog places. Right. But in you know the Hollywood area or the greater Hollywood area that we live in, it's not really there. I would say. Yeah. I would, um, yeah. We got a lot of good burgers, for sure. There's too many burgers on yeah. this now. But there's not really hot dogs. And then also watching it, there's this lack of like a late-night culture here in Los Angeles. And I say that simply because you kind of go to your destination that you're going to, and then maybe you'll go somewhere afterwards. But really, because you can't drink and drive in Los Angeles. Yeah. In New York, there's definitely a late-night culture of, like, I can be a casual alcoholic... <laughs> And, and go anywhere and go, safely. And go anywhere safely. 
Um, but here in LA, it's like, well, I can't, I, you know, there's not, I'm not going to go to this like parking lot where there's a, all these, you know, like a great food truck. But I mean, there is, there is, there definitely there are is. taco trucks. But like in this, I, I agree because like in the metropolitan of Los Angeles, it's very, sh- it's, it's like looked upon like you're not going to go fuck around if you're drunk yeah. in a car. But I feel like there's, that has to still exist in like some of these areas that they showed, like, that one late night place, uh, the Franks. Yeah, that's a culture that's so small, or like an, a community that's so small. Those people probably do like. There's a sad part of me that goes. Those probably people do dr- um, drink and drive. Oh yeah, I mean if they're it's just South part, Carolina. Yeah, so yeah. Like, but also it's like that's a place like that's near a college close. campus. Yeah, and it's walkable. And I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make the connection between hot dog places and new urbanism. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make that connection, but. The other week I was walking, there was like the Frogtown Art Walk, uh-huh. and it was just this neighborhood that for a night was turned into this walkable like art exhibit with a bunch of different artists, and I was like, this feels so un-LA. Right. It was like, we took a neighborhood and we made it this great, awesome thing. It wasn't about, you know, I mean, here's the thing, as much as people hate the Grove, that's one of like the most walkable parts of the city. But that's what but isn't that those grove and those designs are just pulling from right. those real communities that are that existed previously. Right. I mean that's why I love Disneyland so much. Right. Because it's, it's based on the prototypical Main Street. You walk in there and you're like, oh this place is great. I wish we had that. And again, I'm again getting my own interests of like <laughs> urban design and planning into here. I'm like, oh I wish we just you know, I mean think about everywhere in LA. It's not made for humans. It's not made for communities, especially because we've laid down freeways that cut through stuff. We're getting very far away. No, it, we're getting very. Far but this away is what's great discussion. because this is this is what uh, what I love about it is like when you watch a document like this, a hot dog program, and why it's and it's 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 rooted so hardly into a time period mm-hmm. that no, we can't go back to now. No, that's why it spurs this. It's like. I, I like the main street of Disneyland is designed how like every like you said everything is on that one main street. You're like there's a candy shop, there's mm-hmm. there's 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 a restaurant. There's, yeah. there's I can buy clothes. I can do that's like ideal. What we've like yeah. Well, it, that was America it, at one point, and it's not hard to get back to if you took the like the Los Feliz stretch from Prospect to Franklin. Yeah, which have great shops. Basically, all you need to do is widen the side, double the width of the sidewalks. <laughs> Add bike lanes, take it down to two lanes of cars, and all of a sudden the traffic would slow down so much right. that it would be of much more. I and mean, people do walk there. So imagine if you were to encourage it even more. It'd be this great community that people are, are moving around in freely. I mean, but the, you even look at the space from Hollywood Boulevard, from that sunset Hollywood Boulevard Virgil mm-hmm. uh, you know, cluster. Where there is awful traffic, which means it's an insane six, five, six right. intersection. From there up to Vermont and Prospect is like Covell, it's got that Goodwill, it's got Umami Burger, it's got Mother Dough. But people are, it's, it's what, three lanes of traffic with a turning lane? Right. You don't need that. You don't need that at all. And there are studies that show that if you slow down traffic, you add in bike lanes. You make the sidewalks wider. And the sidewalks there are actually pretty wide to begin with, which yeah. is great. You encourage people to slow down and stop. And business, it drives business. 
which seems kind of counterintuitive of like, well, you probably want to make it so people can get places yeah. faster and have more parking. But actually, the less, the slower things are, the more people will cluster around a place. So, again, we've gone very far away from the discussion <laughs> of a hot dog organ, but it reflects a time period that we can't get back to. And we, I mean, we could, we could do amazing things in this city, and there are people who are doing things to make it happen. But it is, that's why I like it so much. You're watching this, and you're like, every year that I've been, I've been watching this movie since, the first time I saw it was in 2002, mm-hmm. in the summer, and I caught a glimpse of it on PBS. So that's where you saw it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, and I didn't see PBS. the whole thing. Okay. And I kept trying to find out, like, what is it, what is it called? And it's in 2002, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. So I'm going in there and trying to find it, and I finally found out what it is, and I ordered the DVD, and it's great. It's awesome. Yeah, it... I really enjoyed it, highly. One, maybe because I'm a little obsessed with uh, documentaries right now in general. Yeah? Like, I've limited... I've made these weird rules where I can't... I made a rule where I can't just watch just straight entertainment for the time being. Okay. It's like I try to save my entertainment for when I'm outside of the house, but when I'm home, it it needs to be fueling me or, uh, like, Mm -hmm. educating me in some bit. So this already, I was just, like, off the bat, like, oh, great. We get to watch a documentary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, documentaries are great. Like, the ESPN 30 for 30 series on Netflix are amazing. amazing. Uh, Netflix is, like, the battered bastards of baseball. It's one of my favorite documentaries this year. And films this year. It's insanely good. And I love an an untold story like that. And you have... I mean, I I was like... I was 20 minutes into it, and I was like, this is great. And it gets better. It gets way better. Um, You know, there are... Like, all these amazing documentaries... What makes them so interesting and fun is that they're real, and that it's. I mean, it takes a skilled docu documenter tell a story in a great way. But there are all these amazing tools that they have in terms of interviews and reenactments and clips and old photos. Um, although I had never really gotten into the, and I've wanted to like the Ken Burns Civil War series and stuff like that. Yeah, I had really wanted to get into because uh, I used to not know anything about anything. I was used to be very dumb until I was about 19, and, and that was like, you know, pretty... And, and I, I, was, I was taking film classes in college, which is a waste of time. Uh, it's a uh, way, not a complete It's not a complete waste of, waste of time, but I wish I had, like, taken history classes. And so now I just have a desire to learn about the world because then you can start recognizing things that happen in history in the real world that repeat and are parts of our world and also just find things fascinating um and not you know find things fascinating is such a shallow thing to say (laughs) but no there there are fascinating things out there to learn about and that are like oh that's so cool um that are outside of movies or even understand why a movie is where it's drawing from because a lot of times it'll draw from real things but yeah i've never gotten into the the Ken Burns stuff. But. I'm super into them right now. Yeah? Oh, I've been, I want to get into uh, I'm watching baseball. Yeah? Like, I'm about inning seven. Mm-hmm. I think I just started inning seven like last night or... The, yeah, I think it was last night. And I love it. I love this time of history where, like we, we, we previously discussed... Where, like, today everything is so accessible. Everybody has their fucking cameras out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's recording almost every moment. Uh, I love the point of history where most events um, were relayed, are relayed through verbal or somebody else's personal mm-hmm. experience just telling you about it. Before, it's so amazing hearing all these old baseball stories and how like they ha- they got these nicknames because they did this thing and they did whatever. And it's all because just 
somebody saw it and then told someone else and it just went from there. It became yeah. a, a bigger thing. And there's rare all the footage they're using is very rare. Oh man, old baseball footage is <sighs> so weird cuz like, well, of course, like this is one of the first places you're going to record cuz it's a sporting event. Yeah. You have this technology now to like record old baseball. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that was a more pure time of It was, and baseball. it killed. And then, then well, that's the thing about batter best friends with baseball is that you start to realize, oh, these giant sports organizations, baseball and, like, the NFL, are corrupt. Oh, they've been, and they've been since the beginning. Yeah. Like, that's what was fascinating about the baseball documentary is, like, we know that now, but, like, you go back and it's like, oh, they've been doing this from the very beginning. Yeah. They've been, like, all about the managers and the owners and mm-hmm. the players are the last thing they think about. Yeah. And even the hometowns. Like, I just got to the the last inning I watched and was th- when they moved New York to San Francisco, or the Giants to San Francisco, mm-hmm. and then they moved uh, Dodgers to here, to L.A. It's sad. Like, Uh-oh. I found myself especially going through the whole history of, and getting to that point, it just was devastating. Like, I, of course, I didn't live it like those fans, and yeah. probably far more devastating for them. But at that point, you just realize how how shitty that had to feel that it's like great we've been rooting this team on for years it brought us all together and now we're just gonna lift it out and take yeah. it somewhere else that's why I prefer the European system for fo- for their football which is like there are club teams and you can you can move up if it's just like you and a bunch of dudes right you can move up and I'm sure there's tons of corruption in that system as well for sure but at least at corrupt. least the idea is like you can have as many football clubs as you want but there's only going to be one that like gets huge, and they're the ones who then get more money. And of course, yeah. So there's right. probably corruption in there. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be corruption in there. But at least it feels like you know, like I wish in in American football, if like like the loser of the Super Bowl should like not get to play for the next season, that'd be amazing. That, that means, would be pretty crazy. That would make it so much more tense, right? Well, I don't like football, uh, American football, as a game I don't, to begin because I, I don't feel watch like it. It, it feels far too controlled and overproduced as opposed to soccer or hockey or even basketball like these things that are just yeah. that are like it's a continual moving game right and but I like baseball I mean I'm not a huge baseball fan but if I go to a live game I really enjoy it cause yes. there's there's cause there's Oh yeah, going to a, it's a chess game. Yeah, they're really especially when you get people on the once you get players on the actual bases, it's like, oh now you're playing a whole other game. It's not about that hit. It's yeah. about what you're gonna do with your hit. Yeah, going to an actual baseball game is it's a lot of fun. You go there, you get a you can dog, get a hot dog. You get a Dodge hot dog. dog. Although Dodgers dogs, Dodgers. no, I don't like them. completely disappointing. I recently just, yeah. went to two. I uh, yeah, moving here and be like, oh, you gotta get a Dodger dog. Okay, it does great. It's what I don't good. like about the Dodger Dog, and this is something just food general I don't like either, mm-hmm. I can't go to a place where you have given something a signature name, like the Dodger Dog. But when you give me my Dodger Dog, it's not prepped. It's just it's just a bun and a dog. Mm-hmm. I have to now dress it. Don't call it a fucking Dodger Dog. Just call it a hot dog at that uh-huh. point. Because to yeah. me, a hot dog is, if you're just going to call something a hot dog, great. I can go make a hot dog and I dress it. That's a hot dog. But if you're going to put a name to it, it better come as though as, as what a I'm saying as a thing. Mm-hmm. That's why I get. I'm. I hate the Dodger dogs. Yeah, I just don't think it tastes good. It, and, and yeah, it's not a great dog either. But yeah. if you at least dressed it, I'd be like, great. That's a Dodger dog. It's these things. Exactly. Pink's has just too many options. There's no pinks. Yeah. And again, it's just a bad tasting dog. In the documentary, they go to the Vienna yeah. beef factory, <laughs> and you see them like we're using. They're using beef. 
Like they're using real all yeah. beef stuff. I'm like this. It's not. It is not disgusting at all. It's not the myth that we all have of like a hot dog is just a bunch of scrambled meat that right. leftover. Like we're taking brisket. And yeah. Then we're grounding it, and then we're pureeing it, and we're adding spices, and then we smoke it, and that's it. And like you get a hot dog, it's fully cooked from the factory. Yeah. It's then it's put out to the world to like yeah. pre- prep it any way you want. And uh, in yeah. that machine, I just have to say, yeah. when they were putting in that machine where the fake skins were torn off yeah. and shot it into a bin, amazing. I don't know yeah. why, but I, I ran It's like a Mr. Rogers moment. Yeah, very Mr. Totally. Rogers moment. And you're just like, wow, that yeah. machine exists. Have you ever had a Vienna beef hot dog? Do you know? I don't know. I, I feel like I've had to. Yeah. Well, in Chicago, you were Chicago, in Chicago. Because, okay. I went to uh, the last time I was yeah I went to Chicago this year with my Herald team and uh, and then I ended up going to the airport with Jace Armstrong mm-hmm. and I ended up meeting his family and his aunt took us to Super Dogs which is featured oh. in this I've been that's one of the two that places is, in this documentary that I've been to really what was the other two because I thought possibly you would have been to m- no. m- more uh, it's lots of fun in Vegas really it's not good it is it not, looks too it looks it's too a much. giant pork dog. And it's not good. Well, it didn't. It's Vegas, yeah. so I didn't expect greatness. No, I would. I mean, I definitely. I'm hoping that you know, at one point in my life, everything falls apart, and I'm just like, well, I'm gonna go <laughs> drive around the country, and I'm gonna go like explore all these places. And one is like, I want to go to the south and have a slaw dog from the south. That would be amazing. Because they all looked so good. Especially which one was it? I hate because there were so many. There were so many, yeah. But that one that had its own relish that was yellow. Oh, yeah. That was looked amazing to yeah. me. Yeah. Like, I was just, I just want to try that relish. I just want to try that relish. Yeah. Because it looks so different from everything else that I'm used mm-hmm. to. Uh, but Super Dogs, I liked that place a lot. Yeah. And I love that, like, they have such contempt for ketchup. Because I'm a ketchup guy. Oh, really? I love putting ketchup so, on everything. I used to like ketchup on everything. I watched this documentary. And you stopped? <laughs> and I stopped. Because, like, you know, the guys that are like, it's a child's thing. Because it masks tastes. I agree, it does. Yeah, so now if I get something, I'll have, like, tomato on it if I want that tomato taste. But ketchup, I mean, with fries, of course, ketchup. Right. I'm not a crazy person. But I won't put ketchup in my hot dog. I won't put ketchup on my burger if I have the option not to. No ketchup? I hear it. It does mask other things. It's, yeah. it's, it's an overwhelming taste. Yeah. Especially if it's a really sweet ketchup. It will, it definitely takes over. What kind of different ketchups are you Well, having? I just think, like... Like sweet meaning like it's just like it's more sugar. Like yeah. if you look, there's That's a lot the, of sugar yeah. in fucking ketchup. Oh yeah, That's what I mean. Sorry. The super dogs. I loved how you just mashed it into that little box. Right. Well, the nice. Thing all about the flavor those, just seems combined yeah. with the fry. I mean, it's those it's those Chicago dogs where they the bun is steamed, so it's not just like a bun that they pull out of a bag and it's just room temperature. They steam it. They get it a little warmer, and so then it kind of like wraps around the dog in a way. Yeah. And like conforms to the dog and all the fillings in it, that is just it makes it much nicer of a package to eat. Yeah, and that's what that's why like I want that when I go to a mm-hmm. place like I like I you give me that package. If right. I'm ordering something that says you call you this is a super dog, right. especially how like I loved like the two owners were like those are hot dogs up there. They're, they're super. Dogs. They're super dogs. Yeah. I but then like. Yeah, I went and had a super dog. Mm-hmm. And you didn't give me a fucking hot dog and said, "There's go dress it right. yourself." And that's why, and again, like 
hot dogs get a bad rep because it's just like here is this plain thing here is this like warmed up cased meat on a bun that is room temperature now go over you know walk over there and get your ketchup get your mustard and get your onions and relish yeah and it's like no there's it's it can it can be you know it could be so much more you get something maybe with like uh, you know, some onions, some Swiss cheese on there, some barbecue sauce and slaw. Ooh, that's a. Oh, I've had barbecue sauce on a dog, and it's that's great. That's the way to do it. You know, I think uh, I don't know if it, well, we've talked how we don't like pinks, and we mm-hmm. don't uh, we don't like uh, what was the other one here? Or was that the, the, Dod- one? the Dodger dog? Dodger dog. Yeah. Sorry, a dog I actually get, and I get every, and I'll get it when I go to ArcLight, as I like. I really? like their bag, their sausage baguettes. Oh, I've never had it. Yeah, I get one that's like a chicken apple, mm-hmm. and then I get a barbecue sauce. Right, I mean, that's a whole nother movement of, like, you know, Vescoosh downtown of just these, like, yeah. hot sausages now, um, which are great. Um, but they're not hot dogs. They're not hot dogs, not, though. Completely know. right. You know, hot dogs are, as they say, I mean, at the very end of this documentary, it's just, I mean, this whole thing, it's just about America. This is like an American... Cuisine, yeah, that's really like as it points out too, is it's just locked into tradition. Yeah, like pointing out that it's like you don't you don't go to a ball game at a ballpark and, and not, not get a hot dog. Yeah, totally. And it also it's just it's great that it's still these local places. Yeah, which is I find so fascinating that there isn't a national hot. I mean, there's what there's a, like we not Wiener Circle. Um, it starts with a W. It's like yellow and red. We're Wiener Schnitzel. Wiener Schnitzel's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. That's, that's the only a, hot dog, the, the, you mean, like, yeah, the franchise. More, yeah, it's a franchise. Yeah, Wiener Schnitzel. it's not even national. Like, it wasn't on the East Coast growing up. Yeah. It's, I didn't have it in Utah growing right. up. Right. So it's still, you know, there are franchises, but not... In or we did, or I just didn't remember. Yeah, so I find it fascinating that hot dog places have not become huge national franchises, and I wonder why. Yeah. Is it just... I don't know. That is a good question because it feels like hamburgers became it. Yeah. Well, it might be is that hamburgers, there's not a lot of... You know, there's the West... There's East Coast hamburgers and there's really... There's West Coast hamburgers. Mm -hmm. There is... Either you're getting that spread, that like Thousand Island spread on a burger... Yep. Or you're not. And you're going very... Yeah, it's going to be very simple. Yeah. So those are really the two styles of of like mass market hamburgers. Of course, there are types that are varied but with hot dogs you go to new york and you're getting these ones that are just maybe mustard and onions and maybe chili you go to chicago and you're getting those they call it dragged through the garden when they <laughs> when you go to chicago yeah. a hot dog because it's got tomatoes it's got onions it's got relish it's got sport peppers it's got celery salt on there go to the south and you've got chili dogs and you've got slaw dogs there's all these regional varieties of it and maybe that's yeah. why nothing is really but it feels so, but it does feel like a hot dog like just you listing still feels like it exists mostly on the east coast uh yeah like even over here we have pinks but it feels like it's because i don't remember growing up ever having a hot dog yeah. stand in Utah or anything. I mean, maybe there was a Wiener well, Schnitzel, be, but I don't remember. It could be that the East Coast is far more European than the West Coast. Like, the West Coast, California, over here, we are the most, you know, manifest destiny. Like, we pushed America, and we are, like, definitively American on yeah. this end. We don't have, we're not very European. You know, we, yeah. don't, we don't have, like, town squares like they might have in Europe. Yeah. You look at L.A. L.A. is... 
an American city. Spread out. Spread out. I mean, you definitely cars, have that. Cars. Cars. Trees. That's, uh... We don't yeah. have that, like we were saying, uh, a main street has become like the strip mall. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we got malls. But on the East Coast, they still have a lot of European style of living. And so it just might yeah. be that the East Coast has brought on, you know, as they say in the documentary, the German and Vienna styles of... of food so it might be that it could also be that it's from immigrants and more european immigrants went to the east coast and over on the west coast it might be more people from south america and then people in the south or at least in the like in miami it's going to be people from central america and i mean so much of what regional food is is how people immigrated to the U.S. Now, again, I think that's changing in a big way as the movement towards food today is a certain type of authenticity. Right. Of like, you're going to go and barbecue places are now the hot place to go to instead of going to a fine dining restaurant. And then now we're also, as we said, like we're remixing things. We're getting like ramen burgers where the the buns are ramen patties. We're getting into, you know... We're definitely going... Because, I think, too, we're going... Vegetarian is is making a big push, finally. And I I say finally like I'm a vegetarian. I'm not. But, like, it is making... There's a lot more food consciousness now about what you're putting in your body. And I think people think that hot dogs are bad. They don't have to be, but that's the... They can be. They can be the same way that everything can be bad. Bad, exactly. Most of the time, if you're eating a vegetable, it's probably not going to be as bad for you as a generic hot dog. But it doesn't have to be bad. But yeah, it's definitely making it that... I think it's fascinating that how much like vegetarian is pushing in. And I think it's just because we're in the culture that can like can have it. Like I talked to one person one time, I think this guy named Mike who's a vegetarian. I'm like, why do you do that? Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time when I would, had no, like the way I would say it probably was exactly like, why do you do that? Uh-huh. But uh, he was just like, because I can. Like where you live in a society that gives me the option. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a very, because he's like, if you lived in a third world country, you probably don't have that. Yeah. You don't have soy milk or almond milk or different or a patties. You probably don't have Boca yeah. or Morningstar options. Yeah. I would say that, I mean, we as a society eat too much meat. Way it's, too there's much. There's no reason there's no reason not to eat it completely. I mean, here's the thing, like eating you should eat beef maybe like once a month and you should have and then rely more on like chicken or fish. Yeah. Um, not only because beef is less healthy, is like not a very healthy way to eat, but also like the environmental impacts of raising cows. I mean, that's that's such a long ways to go. We've yeah. gone so far forward with that and convenient and made ourselves right. so convenient with it. It's like, how do you pull? Yeah. How do you get? It's it is as a, big as our country is. How do you get everyone to pull back and make that change? Well, the yeah, the I mean. Again, I don't want to talk about new urbanism too much, but there is an idea in America that the only way to improve something and make something better is to add something. The idea Mm -hmm. of taking away anything seems like it's going to ruin everything. Um, The idea of taking away traffic lanes, the idea of taking away uh, drug laws, Mm -hmm. the idea of, you know, taking away meat, anything. The The idea of, like... Oh, I gotta be green. Okay, I gotta get all new green stuff. And it's like, no, 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 no. Just, just reduce. You mm-hmm. don't have to get new stuff that makes you green. Just reduce what you're yeah. already doing. But the idea of reduction doesn't 
gel with our societal idea of additive is better. See myself probably do that. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, I want to make a, I want to try to do this thing now, and I'll be like, well, I need this, this and this, this, right. this to get it started. When it's like, not really. Yeah. And then the idea of like, oh, we're gonna end the war on drugs. It's like, won't that make things worse? And it's like, well, no, because it was this thing that we added in the first place that is unnecessary that we added for a stupid reason. But yeah. t- the idea of taking taking something away, people feel like they're losing something. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to measure uh, a gain when you can't measure it. When there are no there are no stats, right? Um, like if you were to take away like I don't know a certain law, you're like, well, now we can't enforce that law, so we don't know how effective it is or not effective it is. And it's like, well, just make sure you know measuring happiness is very difficult. Well, yeah, you should watch the uh, the Prohibition documentary. Oh, Ken Burns, because yeah. it's all about that. I mean, it's saying saloons are out of control, but now the way we're going to fix this is by taking away. Doesn't work. No one even upholds to that law, mm-hmm. and eventually it's like, well, we just have to like bring it back. And then the people that are anti it, somebody says in the documentary, one of the historians on it, only reason this thing failed, Prohibition, is because the people f- that were for it wouldn't compromise or budge at all, and they wouldn't give anything back mm-hmm. or come a little slack and say, what if we allowed this? It's really interesting documentary. That fascinating period of time that I think hits on what you were talking about, of like taking away and what it caused, and just we're a culture of hypocrites is what's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're falling apart all around us. <laughs> Hasn't that been going on since the beginning? I feel like it has. Yeah. I can't get caught up in this thing like it's getting worse, like my mother, who's always yeah. telling me how like scary it is now. And I'm like, yeah, it's always been scary. You're just more noticeable now. Or you have more access to how scary it is. It's always been scary, but I've never felt like the amount of inequality in this country has been so great that that's what's going to be the ultimate downfall when, like, because uh, here's the thing. People nowadays are very satiated, Mm -hmm. where it's like, well, I might go out and riot or protest, but I got my TV and I got my Facebook and all these things that, like, will keep me kind of satisfied. But how little can you raise the minimum wage before people can't live? What happens when you can't keep people down? Then stuff's gonna... Shit's gonna hit the fan. But hopefully all the bad old white men will die before that and then we just get to change things and make it for the better yeah that's what I'm hoping I hope we can start adding things that do right there are make things better there are ways to add things that make it better I'm not just I'm not just like reduce everything get rid of all the other stuff it's like no there's definitely there are definitely ways you know like you need you need to add regulation for things you need to make sure you know like CEO pay things like that so I'm not all for just getting rid of everything. Oh, you've gotten so far away. Oh, it's fine. I want to go back to the documentary. Yes. Because I'd realize it's not a director, it's a producer-narrator. I feel like in a weird way, and hear me out, he had a bit of that um, Herzog kind of uh, smugness at times. Really? Yes. Like oh. I feel like there were moments where I, and I think he was doing it for humor's sake, Yeah. but it sort of came off, and like, that's a stretch, because Herzog is in his own fucking category. Yes. But there is that weird, like, commentary. He's sort of smug, like, on what he's observing. I think... I don't know if smug is the I, right yeah, word. I don't know if... I think it's just for Herzog. He's just... He's thinking about things in a totally right. different way. And so, I know that smug's we, the wrong yeah, that word. we're just like, we don't see those things. Whereas this guy maybe is more smug. Where there was just moments where he was just commenting on, like, what some of the people would say. Yeah, he's like, whatever. Yeah, but he, that was the moment yeah. when he literally said a whatever to a line they had caught by one of the people they interviewed. And I was like, who are you? 
Nah, like, I, I thought, I mean, it felt like he was very sincere about things. And then he was, like, excited. When I first saw this back in high school, in 2002, I went online to the hot dog program webpage and, like, sent him an email through there. And I was like, I really like it, I really enjoy it. And, he, and then he was like, oh, let me have your address, I'll send you some posters. So he sent me a signed poster for a hot dog program that I have up back in D.C. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, like, I didn't have And then I take back everything, I was I wrong. Yeah, I He's not a smug person at all. in my room growing up. I had a hot dog program poster. That was it. And he uh, said, signed, like, always get two of everything. Or something. I was like, always, like, don't just try one thing. I think this documentary is almost a blend of different types of documentaries at times. It's kind of like, a, we're just going to go out on the road. Right. And then there were snippets that were sort of like that Ken Burnsian um, aspect. History. That was probably the only disappointing part about this documentary was when they it would snip, slip into that, I wanted more. Mm-hmm. Like when they started telling the history of Nathan's yeah. and how it was with that Eastman's, I believe, or something with an E. What, or the, fi- what was the original? Oh, uh, Fieldman's? Fieldman's. And something, something, something like that. Uh, but yeah, it was I, like Fieldman's and how Nathan, literally a guy was like, eh, I'm out of here. I'm and I start started Nathan's. Thing. Yeah. That fascinates because like we only got to hear a little snippet of it, but I want to know mm-hmm. why did you leave? What was that relationship? Right. And that's what a Ken Burns one would be like. They'd find out quotes and yeah. and they'd, you'd dig into that. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much a list of hot dog places. It doesn't right. say this place is better. They're not saying this place is right. the best. It's like Superdog is good, but then there are tons of great hot dog places in Chicago that they don't, they go to two places in two or three right. places in Chicago. What made me laugh at the beginning is he apologized. You're right. They're like, I'm sorry if I don't get to your favorite hot dog place, but that's almost like, and this is something I'll give uh, Farley guff is when he has to do these posts for his job. There are like 24 taco places in Los Angeles. And it's like, well, give me some context or reasoning behind like just some understanding of like, don't just say like, there's this place and it's over there. There's this place and it's over there. Give me some guidance about and some understanding of what these places are. Like, is Pink's good? No. But it's in this documentary because it's a gimmick. And it'd be great to kind of understand this Food in terms of a larger understanding. I suppose it's just a list. And they do some of it in here. They say, like, well, you know, Nathan's was started in here, and then Nathan's extends right. to baseball stadiums, and then also continues into what New York is, and then in what is Chicago, and then what the rest of the country is like, and then how is that connected to this guy who's making hot dogs up in Alaska? Yeah. The question is, like, is this guy actually doing something good, or is he just, there's this interesting thing? And I think a lot of food writing these days just because they need so much is that there is no understanding of not understanding there's no publishing of well this place is good or this place is bad or we're going to mention this place but just because of this reason it's basically when you have to list 24 taco places in LA you're just looking for places but I think it's great that you chose this movie because I don't know what year but I had only known you at least a year or two and mm-hmm. I went to I was going to Chicago did I know you when I went to Chicago when anybody mentions a place that they're going to or where they're from, I'll try yeah. to connect it with food somehow. Yeah. So, but you knew of hot dogs yes. when I... Okay, so I think the first time I oh, went... Oh, yeah, this is a good story. This is a great story. You, because, you had to know me because you had the shirt. Right, I had the shirt. I think I've been to hot dogs prior. Okay. Met you, found out how much you love food. Yeah. Hot then dogs I'm, is closing in October. Why? He's done. He did it. 
He's just like, I'm satisfied. Yeah, he's like, I did it, which is, I think, the way to do it. That's great. Go out on your own terms. And you go out probably on top. Yeah, exactly. Rather than getting to a point where your food maybe becomes mediocre or boring. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, you were going to hot dogs. I went to Chicago for the mm-hmm. Pitchfork Festival, and I was like, the previous time I never made it to hot dog dogs, somebody brought me one when I got off yeah. the airplane. So this time I was like, I am going. At the time, I was wearing a... A shirt with your face on it that you gave me as, as a Christmas gift for when we were on uh, uh, yeah. uh, Mostly Single together, yeah. our first improv group. And I was getting off the bus to walk over to the Hot Dogs, and as I'm walking towards the line, someone just goes, Danny Cohen? <laughs> like, And I'm yeah. all, huh? Uh, yeah, this is his face. <laughs> right. And I'm forgetting the guy's name who it you was probably probably uh, Ben or Micah. I think it was Ben. Yeah, and it ended up being a, like five guys that knew you from camp. Yeah. All going into hot dogs, which was great because it allowed me to pay them, just tell them what I want, give them my cash so I could get the food sooner than I probably would would have had to wait an An hour. hour. Yeah. And they and they met us. We ended up having uh, hot dogs together at uh, uh, Hot Dogs, yeah. made friends, hung out with them at Pitchfork, ended up sneaking into a party afterwards. That's great. It was great. And it was yeah. all because I met Danny Cohen and he liked hot hot dogs, yeah. which meaning food. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, all, oh, that's a great story. <laughs> it's, yeah, it was I, amazing. I've only been to Hot Dogs once, and I guess I only ever go there once because it's closing in October, but it was... It was really good. Yeah, I was impressed with their dog. So much flavor. You wanted another one so fast. Right, and that's like, I mean, that's like a story of a guy who cares so much about what he's doing and puts so much care into the food. And that's how you, that's how you win, basically. You're the one who cares the most. People that do care come out on top. You have to come out on top if you do that. Even if, even if you fail, I feel like you get more out of it if you care. Oh, well, totally. I mean, part of caring is failure. It's experimentation. It's knowing that you might not be right because you care so much about it being great that you're willing to be wrong and wanting to know if you are wrong and therefore you can then improve it to make it great. Carelessness, that's my big, I realized this recently, carelessness is my biggest pet peeve. You know, like you came here, like you've set up this whole thing. Like you care about making this. I I hope it's not uh, not about making it perfect, but making it right. Right. This is the right way to do it. I'm over here nervous thinking the whole time you haven't been close to your mic. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I, I can hear you and all that, and I yeah. have things that it could just... But there is a part of me that goes like, I fucked this up. Right. I have a great interview with Danny Cohen, and I fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, I think if you care about stuff, you're going to win in the end. If you look at anything, yeah. if you look at anything, design across food, across technology, across any sort of creative endeavor. If you care, then you're going to be great. If you don't, then stuff's going to be mediocre, and a lot of people are fine with being mediocre. I think that goes back to what you were saying about why people don't go out and join movements right now is because they have so much mediocrity around them that makes them content. It's tough. I, it is tough, because I know there's th- plenty of things I'm probably content with. A lot of these places felt like these people just knew this because it was part of their childhood. Yes. It's part There's of the community they grew pattern up in. in there of like, these places are part of the community. There are people who go here because it's part of their childhood. Absolutely. I don't think LA has that. I mean, it kind of does. 
but not in the same way of like the people who were working in those places back in 1999. They're like, my dad started this place. Yeah. You know, Farley will say like, oh, there's this taco place that you got to go to or this type of place. But it seems like, well, you kind of like, you know, the places, a lot of mediocre food going around. <laughs> um, and yeah, and again, like to say like, well, you just got to know right. about this place, you know, incentives and convenience. And that's why people do right. things mostly. It's like, well, it's just easy for me to drive my car. I know how to do it. It might take a long time. I might have to sit in traffic. It might not be the healthiest thing for me, but it's it, it's simple. But there, are, you know, the the idea of like, well, we're just a car city, and that's the way that's the way it is. Is the I hate hearing that. But it used to not be. It used to not be. So it used to be trolleys, trolleys. and yeah. then GM decided to pull right. that shit. Out. There's that whole it's all conspiracy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but just the idea of like, well, there's a problem, and we're not going to be able to do anything about it. It's like that's such a defeatist attitude. And you look mm-hmm. at Copenhagen, which has which used to have similar problems that we did of being a super car culture, but then they just made the decision to change, and now people are happier and they ride their bikes. And it can happen here. It totally can happen here. Right. And people saying they don't want to is just like, oh, it might be different. Yeah, of course it's going to be different. It's going to be, you're going to be happier. Because people now are miserable. I can't imagine someone driving two hours from the Inland Empire to Santa Monica every day for work and then two hours back is a happy person. It's just, that's all I care about. All I care about is people being happy. I just want people to be happy. I don't know how this connects to the documentary at all, <laughs> but we've... We've steered up. so many places. Yeah, okay. we've steered so far off track. <laughs> uh, and again, it always comes back to these, you know, my my urbanism things that I like to talk about. Um, because I feel like everything's connected in that way. The way a city is put together is literally about connecting. And if it fails, it fails pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> and the city is failing. And it disconnects a lot of yeah. stuff. There's a plan right now to cap the 101 freeway. Cap it. Cap it. At... Sunset and what is it? Wilton. Like that's where the freeway is. And there's like a bridge that goes yeah. over the freeway. So basically imagine if that bridge extended over the freeway and then that extension is a park. I'm down with that. Yeah, because a lot of the freeway, a lot of the 101 is sunken down. It's not mm-hmm. at street level. So you cover that freeway with a park and all of a sudden you've reclaimed all this space. The problem is these people don't know how to advertise at all. They should have billboards everywhere. That's one of the things I want to do. They need uh, to get the PR people that insurance companies and hospitals have. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is I want to put up fake signs for like projects that, are, that aren't real. But if you put up signs like coming soon, then people all of a sudden will be like, ooh, that's going to happen. That sounds kind of cool. And they realize it's not happening and then they go... Why isn't it happening? I mean, this whole, the new, like, three feet law for riding your bike, which is basically, like, a car passing you has to give you three feet of clearance passing you. But is there any advertising about that? No. Right. I mean, it's the same issue of the Democrats versus the Republicans of, like, the Republicans, they know how to manipulate the media. And the Democrats are like, but we have... The th- honest facts. Yeah, but you're not selling it right. It's all about selling right. it. And then, you know, Obama knew how to sell hope. That whole thing was that's marketing and PR. It. And it worked, thankfully. But that's all it is. And, you know, you have to play. You just got to play that game. You got to play that PR game. And I think that that is not happening. Because imagine, imagine if they were doing that. It'd be huge. Because then all you do is you get people thinking about it. And you get people talking about it. And all of a sudden, it's something that they can... That's in just the conversation as opposed to I don't know what people talk about. I think you do. I think we should go get hot. Can wait, where are we going? So, where are the options for So, hot there dogs? are a few pla- there's Carney's which is I don't want to go to. I've been to Carney's and it's a good hot dog. So, we can go to Fritzy's that is in the that's at the Grove. 
We can go to Slaw Dogs in Pasadena, or we can go to Mia's in Eagle Rock, and they're all far away. Is one of them that you've been dying to try? Uh, I probably want to just see what Mia's is like. So let's do it. Okay, cool. Okay. We just got back from, what was it? Mia's. Mia's. Eagle Rock. And we are tired. Pretty tired. They were thick hot dogs. Thick hot dogs, thick buns, fries, tater tots. I decided to get two, which was a stupid idea. You didn't finish the second one. I didn't finish it. Yeah. I just ate around it, got all the veggies, had a little bit of the bacon, and a couple of bites of the meat. And then I was like, nope. Yeah. I should have only eaten half my hot dog. Right. I should have only eaten... They were big dogs. Big they dogs. were really big dogs. The weird thing about that place is, is I felt like they had never eaten a hot dog before. They'd only seen it on TV. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, okay, we get it. We know what we're supposed to do. We'll use we'll use these buns and we'll use these hot dogs. And it's like, oh, you don't get it. I think we talked about this a little bit while we were eating. This documentary really points out like every place has its own unique way of doing a hot dog. Yeah. That's what this documentary is celebrating is... This is how we do it. But maybe it's just what I've gone to in L.A. It feels like everywhere else is just imitating what's not here. Mm-hmm. Like they're bringing in like, well, yeah, we can bring you a yeah. Chicago dog. We can bring you a New York. That's rather a than- L.A. thing, though, I feel like. <sighs> the idea of like we are, we're all from out of town. So we're all trying to bring right. this thing here. You know, every place in L.A. is like this, we're this and this. And we also have a burger because that's a very like. Because we know you all like burgers. Yeah, we know you all like burgers. But then you go to In-N-Out and that's like this is what we make. Cheeseburgers, make fries. We make shakes. That's it. And that's it. We keep it simple. We make it understandable. We don't go crazy. This place, it was, you know what, for a quick hot dog fix, it was just fine, but I don't know if I'll go back. I wouldn't go back. There's so many places to try now, except for I probably won't get to them. No. (laughs) No, because you always want to go back to the places you do like also. But do they have their own dogs that are unique, these places? I think Fritzy's does. I think Slaw Dogs is using Vienna Beef, and I think Dog House is using something else. I don't know if they're using Vienna beef. They might be. And then Carney's, I think, is Vienna beef. It's not like you're in Chicago, but it's like, oh, this is like an interpretation of a simple hot dog. I'm curious to see the other ones the guy made. I don't have the ice cream one, but I definitely have sandwiches you will like. So we'll do that again, and then we'll go get a sandwich somewhere. Yeah, I think that will be the return of Danny Cohen. But for now, now. we are going to go take naps. Thank you for listening to I Will Watch Anything Once. You can follow Danny Cohen on Twitter at underscore Danny Cohen. Also, check out his website at deco1.com. That's dco1.com. You can stay up to date on everything that he's doing. Check out and go see his wonderful show called Danny Cohen's Genius Genius. I've seen this show at Upright Citizens Brigade um, here in Los Angeles. It's a wonderful show that Danny Cohen has written himself and has a wonderful cast to perform. Um, I don't want to say too much about it. Um, It's variations of different characters or parts of Danny's psyche um, discussing his genius genius. I've already said too much. You just need to go see it and experience his wonderful show. So check that out at Upright Citizen Brigade UCB Franklin on Tuesday, February 17th at 9.30 p.m. Grab tickets online at ucbtheater.com. 
Uh, those are $5, so it's definitely worth it. And there's a whole other show called Death Valley Tween Fest that's also good. But check out Danny Cohen's Genius Genius. If you are enjoying I Will Watch Anything Once, please subscribe on iTunes and rate and review. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at IWWAO, as well as the Tumblr, IWillWatchAnythingOnce.tumblr.com. And if you out there listening have any movies that you think I should watch, feel free to message me on the Tumblr or send me an email at at I will watch anything once at gmail.com. I will watch those suggested movies and comment on them on the podcast. Thank you again for listening to I will watch anything once. And remember, if you haven't seen it once, you can't complain. I love that the music coming in. Real bass line. Can you hear it? Yeah. I can hear that bass line. I don't know. You're, you're. F- My neighbors. Someone's having a bass off. Pot. <laughs> yeah. uh, dang it! I lost my thought because of that bass. I don't know.